0: Amen. Matthew chapter 16. We're read from verse number 24. Then Jesus said to his disciples, If anyone desires to come after me, let him deny himself and take up his cross and follow me. For whoever desires to save his life will lose it. But listen to this. Whoever loses his life for my sake will find it listen to the language jesus says for what profit is it to a man if he gains the whole world and he loses his own soul or what will a man give in exchange for his soul somebody say exchange it's transactional language the language of trade jesus says what will a man give exchange for his soul. Matthew 13, 44. I'm going to quickly read. Jesus, in the red letter, says again, the kingdom of heaven is like a treasure hidden in a field, which a man found and hid, and for joy over it, he goes and sells all that he has, and buys that field. And again, the kingdom of heaven is like a merchant seeking beautiful pearls. Who, when he found one pearl of great price, went and sold, listen to this, all, somebody say all, all that he had, and he bought the pearl of great price. Today, I want to preach to you a message that the Lord laid on my heart early this week from a simple title, It's on the Table. Would somebody say that? It's on the table. God, whatever it is that you're asking from me, it's on the table today. God, whatever it is that I have to give up to gain you, it's on the table today. Nothing else matters. Nothing else matters. I just want you. Somebody say, it's on the table. Can we pray right now? Heavenly Father, I pray your spirit would move upon ours. And God, that we would leave this place changed and renewed. God, that your spirit would speak and minister in this house. And that somebody's life would change in this place today in Jesus' name. And everybody that believed it said, Amen. God bless you. Be seated. Tables are a unique place. Some of the best moments of life happen at a table. I know some people are going to amen that. How many of you love going to the table? Amen. The other night, my family sat around a table and ate some incredible tacos. So the best moments of life happen at a table. You know, tables are a place of fellowship. They're a place of relationship. Families gather around tables. Here in just a few weeks, our families will gather around Thanksgiving tables, and we will bond, and that's where relationships grow. I look back to growing up, and some of the best conversations I ever had with my mom and dad, they happened at the table. You see, tables are a place that are designed to bring people together. Life-changing conversations happen At tables. It's a place where bonds are built, where relationships are forged. Any of you that are married, before you ever went out uh, and got married, you probably sat down at a table with your future spouse. Tables are also a place of negotiation. Deals get done when two parties come to the table, contracts get signed at a table. Amen. Uh, uh, Some of life's most important conversations happen. I still remember the day that I sat across a table from my in-laws at Red Robin uh, in Arizona. We weren't there just to grab a burger. My my future wife didn't know I was there with them. I snuck into town, and I met them at the table to ask permission to take her hand in marriage. It's an important conversation in my life. Never been more nervous. My father-in-law said, what if I say no? I had no idea what to say. It was touch and go for a few minutes there. Touch and go for a few minutes. But it was at that table that my father-in-law and I came to a mutual agreement that I could marry his daughter if I would take care of her and put her first and put up with her. He did say that. Promise. (laughs) It happened at the table. And I'm so glad that marriage was on the table that day. I'm so glad that I could come away from that conversation with something important in my life. I think back to when we purchased our home. And we met there at the title company with real estate agents. And the the title company and sellers. and, And we agreed to a deal at that table. Now leading up to that negotiation was hard. It was difficult. But ownership finally changed hands when we met at the table. But it took all parties coming to the table to get the deal done. But the table is where deals get done. It's where ownership changes hands. The table is a place that is dynamically life-changing because in the corporate world, mergers and acquisitions happen over a table. The table is where two parties come to mutual agreement about the terms of their transaction. And each party is going to decide what they're going to bring to the table. And unfortunately, there are many times when a deal doesn't get done because there are some things that one party just refuses to put on the table. But it happens at the table. Somebody say it's at the table. It's a place of exchange. It's a place of negotiation. It's a place where business happens. It's a a place where ownership shifts from one party to another. And in Matthew 16, when Jesus begins to talk about what it takes to follow Him, He is responding to Peter's resistance to the idea of the suffering Savior who will go to the cross. Jesus had just revealed to His disciples that He would go to the cross. And He would suffer and then rise again in three days. But... Peter had a different vision and plan for Jesus' ministry. And he speaks up and he says, not you, Jesus. We don't want you to suffer. Far be it from you to be the one that goes to the cross. And Peter didn't want to put suffering on the table. He said, this will never happen to you. But Jesus rebuked Peter and told his disciples that if any would follow him, a cross would have to be... On the table. Subtly, Jesus' language shifts into the language of negotiation and trade. And he says, whoever will save his life will lose it. And whoever will lose his life for my sake will gain it. And he uses the terminology of the table. He uses the terminology of transaction. He says, if you want to hold on to what you've got, then you can't have what I've got. As long as there are some things in your life that aren't on the table, then what I have for you is also not on the table. Because it's a place of exchange. It's a place of negotiation. Jesus asks the question. He says, what will it profit a man if he gains the whole world, but he loses his own soul? And he asks this, what will a man give in exchange for his soul? what is a man willing to put on the table to see his soul redeemed from an eternity in hell? What will you give in exchange for your soul? He isn't just talking about trading things. He's talking about the negotiation that happens in every person's spirit. And he's saying that a tight-fisted approach to following Jesus will never get the deal done. Because if you walk into a negotiation looking to hold on to some things that you already have, you cannot get what the other party is bringing to the table. These are the people who try to hold some things back from the table. And because there are some things that aren't on the table, they are losing the very thing that they are looking to gain. Whoever, Jesus says, whoever lays down his life, he will gain it. If you're willing to give, if you're willing to lay it down, you can gain something better. But if you're not willing to lose it, then you can never find it. They can never find the life that God intended for them to live. And understand this, that Jesus brings some things to the table. Can I just say our pastor preached masterfully last week on what Jesus has brought to the table? Because when it was when it was uh, uh, regarding the exchange of His life for your soul, He gave everything that he had on the cross of Calvary. He laid everything he had. Now, Jesus was a man. He had friends. He had relationships. He had a mother and father. He had people that he loved. But when it came time to pay the price for your sin, Jesus did not hold anything back from the table. Jesus went all in on the exchange. He was willing to do whatever it took to redeem your soul and mine. And there In the garden Jesus said Father if it's possible I don't want to put the cup of suffering On the table If there's any way Let it pass from me Father if there's any way I don't want to go through this suffering But as Jesus prayed A divine exchange began to happen As Jesus realized that If I don't They never will And if I don't give it all They can never be free from sin And so Jesus just kept praying Until he could say no Nevertheless, not my will, but thine be done. And Jesus put it all on the table. And he did it for you and for me. Jesus brought abundant life to the table. He said, I've come that they may have life and life more abundantly. It's not just any life, but it's a better life a better hope. He brings peace with God to the table. He brings forgiveness to the table. He brings a new heart and a renewed mind to the table. He brings restored relationships to the table. He brings a better purpose to the table. He brings a baptism of the Holy Ghost and power to the table. And whatever you don't have, he does have. And if you're looking to trade up out of the way that you've been living, I've come to tell you that God has already put it on the table. Jesus said that I've come that you might have life. He gave everything so that you can live. And Jesus says you can find life at the table. But listen, but only if you are willing to exchange what you have for what he has see when we bought our home we brought money to the table and I highly suspect that if we didn't have the money they wouldn't have put the house on the table (laughs) ain't that right I highly suspect I remember in one negotiation we bought sold a few houses they asked us is the refrigerator on the table We just wanted to sell the house. Take the refrigerator. It's on the table. Have it. We don't want it. We have to lift it anyways. We'll buy a new one. (laughs) But if we want to exchange what we have for what we have, what he has, we have to bring something to the table. Now listen, a man can spend his whole life gaining the world. Jesus says he can spend his whole life trading everything he is and everything he has for success, for power, and for prestige. But Jesus asks, what has he really gained if at the end of the day he has lost his soul. To put it plain and simple, he's made a bad exchange. He's exchanged everything for nothing because the world and its riches shall pass away. But there is another kind of treasure that Jesus says is incorruptible. It's undefilable. And it does not fade away. He said lay up for yourselves treasures in heaven because eternity is where the real reward is at. And a man can waste his whole life he can have everything a man wants to have all the pleasure all the success all the money all the wealth anything and everything his heart desires but if he's lost his soul he loses it all anyways because at the end of the day you cannot take it with you people trade their lives for all sorts of things they give their time their talent their money for all sorts of stuff some Chase wealth, others chase after pleasure Some give everything they have for success And still others trade away their life for empty dreams But they will all find that following their plans And their ways will lead them to lose What they were really trying to gain Because they weren't willing to put some things on the table In order to have the abundant life that God wanted them to have Matthew 19 Jesus begins uh, uh, to to tell a story or a story unfolds in Matthew 19. Uh, A rich young man, a rich young ruler comes to Jesus and says, Teacher, what good deed must I do to have eternal life? He says, I want life, Jesus. I want eternity, Jesus. And he says to him, why do you ask me about what is good? He said, there's only one who is good. And if you would enter life, keep the commandments. And he says to Jesus, which ones? I think when he said commandments, he meant all of them. You've got to love how slippery people are. Which ones, Jesus? Because there's a few I got covered. There's a few that I don't. <laughs> and Jesus says to him, you shall not murder. Okay, check, never murdered anyone. We're good. You shall not commit adultery. Check, never committed adultery. You shall not, steal. that's good, I'm not a thief, I've never stolen. You shall not bear false witness. Honor your father and mother, and you shall love your neighbor as yourself. And the young man feels good. He says, Jesus, all these have I kept, but what do I still lack? Because I've been religious, but I still don't feel like I have life. I've not murdered, but I still don't feel like I have life. I've not committed adultery, but I still don't feel like I've gotten what I'm looking for. I've gone to church, and I've been religious, and I've kept the rules, but I still don't think I've found what I'm looking for. And all these have I kept, but what am I missing? And Jesus said says to him, if you would be perfect, then go and sell what you possess. Give to the poor, and you will have treasure in heaven. And come and follow me. Jesus says that you can have what you want to have. But all you've got to do is take what you don't want to let go of and put it on the table. He says, you have many possessions. Jesus was reading his mail. He has many many things. But what he's really missing is that there are some things in his life that he values more than heaven. There's some things in his life that he values more than his eternal destination. There's some stuff in his life that's captured his heart so that he can't leave it and follow after Jesus. And I'm here to tell you that the Bible tells us that this young man walked away very sorrowful for he had much in this world world. There was a lot of stuff in his life, businesses and acquisitions that he just wasn't willing to bring to the table. I want life, Jesus, but don't touch that. Some things in his life just weren't on the table. He's like a lot of us, willing to be religious, but not give everything we have to find life. Willing to follow the commandments. Willing to go to church. But hear me today, if, I, if you don't get anything else, just going to church is not putting it all on the table. Just calling yourself a Christian and picking up a Bible every once in a while is not what it takes to find life. Jesus said that if you want to find life, there's some stuff that you've got to bring to the table. Some stuff that your heart used to chase after. Some some stuff that your heart used to long after. And as long as it's not on the table, you can't make the exchange. Hear me that there's an exchange that must happen for you to find life in Jesus. If you want to find life, you've got to bring it all to the table. Listen, uh, I love the story of Moses. Moses met God in a burning bush in the wilderness. And the scripture tells us that for 40 years he had been a shepherd. He had been carrying his staff. And when he encounters the burning bush in the desert, uh, God asks him for two things. He first says, Moses... I want you to take off your shoes for the ground on which you're standing is holy. You've come to a meeting place with the eternal God today. So Moses, take off your shoes. That might seem crazy. It might seem out of the box. But I was reading yesterday and, and uh, I, I happened to pull up through the concordance looking up the word exchange in the scripture. That Ruth 4.7 regarding the custom of an exchange says that when an exchange is to take place as a good faith move, one party will take off his shoe. And give it to the other. And God meets Moses. And he says, Moses, take off your shoes. Because we're about to make an exchange in your life, Moses. Moses, you've been living, hiding from your past. But today, you're about to trade up. Today, you're about to come out of the old and into the new. So, Moses, this is holy ground. Welcome to the table, Moses. Welcome to the great exchange. You've been running from yesterday. But I'm about to give you a tomorrow. He says, Moses, take off your shoe and put put them off of you for you're standing on holy ground. Welcome to the table. And God tells Moses, he says, Moses, I want you, you've been leading sheep, but I want you to lead my people out of Egypt because I've heard their cry and their anguish. And so you're going to go to Pharaoh, the same house that you grew up in, and you're going to stand up to a world power and you're going to lead my people out. And you know what Moses says? He says, Lord, who am I that you would send me? I'm just a shepherd, an ex-convict running from my past. Who am I that you would send me? And God begins to reveal to Moses that it's not really about you, Moses. It's not really about what you bring to the table. I need you to bring what you have to the table. But what's going to get this thing done is what I bring to the table. Because you bring a broken past. But he said, I bring power from on high. And when you come to Pharaoh, tell him, the I am that I am has sent you. God is dealing with Moses about one thing, his identity. And then God comes to the second thing that he asked Moses. Does Anybody know what it is? He says, Moses, I want you to lay down your staff. Moses, if you want what I have for you, lay down your staff. Put it on the table. If you want the future that I've called you to, put it on the table. You see, the staff was important in Moses' life. It was his influence. Because every day he woke up. And he carried that staff and he would use the staff to direct his sheep. Sometimes to knock them on the head to keep them from going the wrong direction. Sometimes to pull them back out of a pit. But the staff was his influence. And God says to Moses, if you want what I have for you and the influence that I have for you with Pharaoh, you've got to lay down the influence that you have with sheep. I want your influence not just his influence, but he was a shepherd. The staff was his identity. Who am I that you would send me? I'm just a stuttering shepherd. And God says to him, Moses, if you want to be who I called you to be, and if you want the future that I planned for you, you're going to have to lay down your identity. You're going to have to lay down all the preconceived notions of who you are and what you're capable of, and you're going to have to give them to me and put them on the table. And Moses, if you'll put them on the table, we can make the exchange it wasn't just his influence in his identity but it was his income that's how he ate That's where the paycheck came from. And God was saying to Moses, if you're not willing to put your income on the line, if you're not willing to lay down everything that you've been, everything that you've had, everything that you are, if you're not willing to put it on the table, then Moses, you cannot do what I've called you to do or have the life that I've called you to have. If Moses had not been willing to give it all, you wouldn't know his name. Moses does the right thing. The Bible says Moses takes his staff and he lays it down. And when he does, something incredible happens. The this, this stick becomes a snake and it comes alive. Something that was dead is now breathing and living. And Moses sees the serpent And God tells him, pick it back up again. And when he picks it back up again, it becomes a stick again. Cool trick, God. I believe there's more to it. I believe what he was saying, that as long as your influence is in your hands, it's dead. As long as your income is in your hands, it won't be a blessing to you or to my kingdom. As long as your... Your identity is in your hands. I can't use that. I can't make that live. But if you'll lay it down, then I can make it come alive. If you'll give it to me, then I can give you a new and a better tomorrow. But somebody say, you've got to put it on the table. Amen. Moses, you've got to put it on the table. There's two things he asks. And the message is clear that as long as it's in your hands, it cannot live. You have control, so it cannot live. You get the glory, so it cannot live. But if you'll put it on the table, then it can live. See, God always meets us at the table. He met Abraham there. He had blessed Abraham, called him out of Haran. He's blessed Abraham. He says, I've blessed and I've led you. But Abraham, I want you to take your son, your only son, And lay him on the table. I want you to take him up to the mountain. And sacrifice your only son. Your promised son. Will it hurt Abraham? Yes it will hurt. Will it be the hardest thing that you've ever done Abraham? Yes it will. Will it be letting go of your future. And your promise. Yes it will Abraham. But if you will lay down what you love. I can give it life. And Abraham takes his son. I thought about doing it, but I don't think Rylan would comply as just laying Rylan up here on this table. I would do it with Rowan, but I'm not sure I can overtake him to put him on the altar. He's a strong little dude. But Listen, Abraham, it's the hardest thing he's ever done. But he hears the voice of God saying, take your only son and put him on the altar. He gathers his son and takes him to the mountain. And Abraham doesn't understand it. Why would you ask such a thing, God? But Abraham puts his only son on the table and says, God, everything that I have comes from you. You gave me this son and you can take him away. But everything that I am and everything that I'll be, this is not just his son. It's his promise. It's his future everything that he will be and everything that we know him as today is bound up in that boy. And he takes that boy and he lays him on the altar. And he doesn't just lay him on the altar, but he brings back the knife. And as he's bringing it down, God sends an angel to stop Abraham from taking his only son. Why? Because God wasn't interested in letting him die. But he wanted Abraham's promise To live. And as long as it was in Abraham's hands. And in Abraham's control. And in Abraham's plans. It couldn't live. The promise was there, but it couldn't live. It couldn't become what it needed to become. And so God tells him, Abraham, if you'll lay it on the table, I will exchange you the bitter frustration of broken dreams for a bright future, and you will become the father of the faithful. But first, you've got to meet me at the table and make the exchange. God always meets us at the table. Jesus met Peter and Andrew at the table. They were out fishing one day and Jesus comes by and and when he meets them he says, I see you're fishing for fish. That's usually what fishermen do. And Jesus says to them if you will come and follow me I'll make you fishers of men. And their nets were their business. It was their identity. It was their income. It was who they were. They were wealthy men, well-appointed men, perhaps not moguls, but they made a good living and they had plenty to eat because even on the worst day, they still had a little bit of fish. And God tells him if you'll leave the safety And the security of the kind of fishing That you've known If you'll trade it and put your nets On the table Then I will make you fishers of men He'll take the little that you saw Of your potential And he'll amplify it And make you something entirely On another level than you thought You ever could be And Peter and Andrew hear Jesus And they hear loud and clear what he's saying And the Bible says that They took their nets and they put them on the table and they left and followed after Jesus and Jesus made Peter the preacher of Pentecost. He made Andrew an apostle of Christ. They made a difference in their world because they let their nets lay down on the table. What God really wants from you today what he really wants you to bring to the table is whatever you have. Good or bad, success or failure, happiness or brokenness. The quality of what you bring to the table is not the issue. Somebody hear me. Brother Toby, would you come and play softly? I'm I'm wrapping up. I might be a few more minutes. But it's it's not the quality of what you bring to the table because you can't qualify for the kind of life that Jesus has for you the quality of what you bring to the table is its not the issue the issue is whether you are willing to put what you have on the table that's the issue it's not how good you are, how qualified you are, how much you can do for God Moses was just a stuttering shepherd with a past and God says give me your brokenness and I'll give you a future it's not the quality. The demoniac of Gadara had a broken and littered past. Shards of disappointment lay behind him. So many times he had tried to break free from sin. So many times that he had tried to break out of this life overtaken by devils. He didn't have much to give. But when he heard Jesus with him <laughs> the Bible says he was living in the tombs, cutting himself at night, filled with the devil but when he heard Jesus was in town he ran and fell at the table and said Jesus I don't have a lot to bring I don't have a lot to give I'm just a broken man But when he brought it to the table Jesus delivered him And gave him life And life more abundantly Jesus praised the little widow he saw at the temple All she had was two mites to give it wasn't the quality of her offering. It wasn't the quantity. The Bible says she just had two mites, and Jesus drew attention to her and said, "Look what she put on the table. It may not look like much to you. It may not be impressive to people around, but she put everything that she had on the table for God." And God honors that kind of gift equally with someone who has much. You see, the kingdom of heaven is like a treasure hidden in a field which a man found and covered up. And then in joy he goes and sells everything that he has to get what God has put on the table. Again, he says it's like a merchant who finds one pearl of great price. No other pearl can compare to this pearl. And so he goes and he takes all the pearls that he has and he divests himself of it, gets rid of them all, sells them all, and he buys the pearl of great price. Here's what I've come to preach to you today, that whatever you have, whatever you've been chasing, whatever you've lived for and loved, I've come to tell you, put it on the table today. Put it on the table today. Whatever it is that you've been living your life for. And whatever it is that you've been holding back from God. Maybe you've held back emotionally from God. Maybe you you don't want to seem like all those other crazy Christians. And and maybe you've retained your self-identity, your income, your influence. Whatever it may be, I'm asking you today, please put it on the table. Because what God has for you is so much better than what you have for yourself. Put it on the table. Now the rich young ruler had a problem because he could have had it all. He could have had anything and everything that God had for him. But there was some stuff that he wasn't willing to let go of. He was willing to walk away empty-handed and empty-hearted. And he held on to it. And eventually, the Bible tells us, he would lose it all. Why? Why? Because he couldn't bring it to the table. I'm preaching this today because there are people listening who are holding on to some things, having a hard time letting them go and laying them down. And it's not it's not that you don't love God or want what God has for you, but you haven't come to the place where you're willing to give up on your way yet, your path yet. Listen, some came here holding on to guilt. And his twin brother, shame. And you say, you know what? I've done so much that God could never accept me. What we don't realize is Jesus laid it all on the line for you at the cross. What he has is already on the table. But we hang on to the past, the brokenness, all the things that we did, all the times that we ran over our conscience and ignored the will of God. And we're broken and we're shameful and we have guilt and we we hold on to it. And God is just saying, put it on the table. Put it on the table. I hope today somebody will come and they'll put their guilt and their shame on the table because he'll take it in the exchange. Other people, you've been hurt. Disappointed by Christians. Disappointed by people. Hurt by those you put trust in. That you put faith in. Let me tell you something. If you've been around church very long, somebody has hurt you. And some people hold back because they say, I don't want to be hurt again. I don't want to be vulnerable again. I don't want to be disappointed again. And I'm here to tell you that there are people who would give it all to God, but they just can't because they're hanging on tightly to their hurts. I hear God saying, I'll take that, put it on the table. We can get a deal done. I'll give you beauty for ashes. I'll give you strength. I'll give you peace for your mourning. Some others, they have fear. What if I can't cut it? What if I don't make it? What if God doesn't answer my prayer? I've come to tell you, God will take your fear. you just got to put it on the table. you just got to bring it and put it on the table. Listen, there are other people who are saying that I I will never have the life that I want to live if I give it to Jesus that He's going to make me live a boring and wretched life and I'll never have fun again and I'll never get to do the things that I want to do. I've come to tell you, put it on the table because the Bible says that in the presence of the Lord there is fullness of joy and at His right hand there is pleasure forevermore. Moses got this one right because he refused to enjoy the pleasure of sin for a season but rather chose to be identified with the children of God. Moses said... I don't want pleasure. I'm putting it on the table. Whatever I have, whether it's pride that holds you back from walking down to an altar, put it on the table. Whether you have doubts, fears, whatever it is, put it on the table. And here's what it all comes down to here's what we really need to put on the table. Not my will but praying in Lord, I give you my will. I want us to stand as every head is bowed and every eye is closed. Our, our worship team is going to come and lead us. I knew early Tuesday morning God gave me a message for somebody today. Every head bowed and every eye closed, you've been holding on to some things. You've been clinging to them for all sorts of different reasons. And I've just come to tell you that God loves you enough that He's put life on the table. Will you meet Him at the table today? My prayer, the reason I titled my message "What I Did," is my prayer this week is that this is what somebody would say at the end of the message: "That Lord, whatever it is, whatever it is, it's on table, God." I'm so tired of living my own way, my own life. Listen, I'm not just preaching to sinners. I'm preaching to church people who've been partially giving to God. The book of Malachi talks about lame offerings that they brought. They wouldn't bring their best and so God withdrew from them. And some of you have felt God withdraw from your life. You haven't felt His presence and I'm here to tell you all you've got to do is meet Him at the table today. All the life that He's ever had for you is on the table. I wonder, would somebody just step out of the aisle and walk down to this altar and say, Lord, it's on the table. It's on the table. Come on, please, church, would you come? Would you create an atmosphere where somebody can come and give everything they have to Jesus? All to Jesus I surrender. All to Him I freely give. Come on, that's it. Somebody just come down and say, Lord, I give you my heart. I give you my life. Everything that I am, everything that I'll be, my income, my influence, my identity, I give it to you today, Jesus. Come on, let's hear Would you come and pray? Come on, if you're not comfortable to come down, would you just lift your hands where you're at? And would you pray this prayer, Heavenly Father, God, I want to put everything that I am on the table.